All right, so Aaron Rodgers wouldn't reveal exactly what he found in old tape he was watching because he's been crushing it, apparently, in uh, practice here. In fact, our sports director, Zach Heilprin, is going to join us at 9 o'clock. He was up there yesterday at Lambeau watching. Rodgers is on a red-hot streak at training camp practices the last few days, and Rodgers says, why? Well, he dug up some clips from 2010, started watching some tape. He said, quote, it's interesting. We were watching some old film of you know some of the old cut-ups as we do with the installs and we'll put some film alongside of it and I just noticed something from a 2010 clip and it kind of hit me and I had this aha moment and I'm not talking about the band Take On Me I'm talking about an aha moment and he says and I know it was 10 years ago but the next day I went out to practice and started working on what I saw in that 2010 film and the last couple of days just kind of I started bawling I was red hot now why would you have to go back to 2010 to find this aha moment? I, I, I want to know what the aha moment is, but Aaron Rodgers won't say what it is. He just was saying he started it, this thing hit him, and all of a sudden he's been sharper as ever the last few days of practice, hitting big plays after big plays in the passing game. He's extra accurate, and we know his accuracy has been dipping the past couple of years, but he said he just had this aha moment moving his feet again and he won't say what he's it not is not going to share what it is because he's going to write a book when his playing days are over and that'll be the aha moment do you think <laughs> do you think he's not going to share what it is because he doesn't want to offend matt lafleur found my cash grab you think he doesn't want to offend lafleur rowdy or does he not want to give credit to your boy mccarthy maybe that's Ooh. what it is too could you do me a favor and just actually you know what no you, you stay seated welcome to the show who do i got jimmy oh jimmy what's up jimmy not much, you? Yeah, I'm just chilling, bro. You know, trying to live one day at a time here. Oh, that's all good. That's what you're supposed to do. Yeah. So what's on your mind today, Jimmy? Uh, just about Rogers. Yeah, lay, lay it on me. Let's go. Hey, do you think it's that he's actually started planting his feet when he throws again? It doesn't. <laughs> ever since he hurt his leg years ago, he throws. He fades off that leg constantly, and he's. You know, I feel that's why he's inaccurate all the time. Well, probably. I mean, it's all about footwork, right? If you want to be a really good quarterback, you got to get your footwork down. And Rodgers, he's been very un. I should say less accurate the past two years. So if you plant that feet, you got to think you're more accurate, right? Right. You think so? Yeah. That's all I had. Hey, Jimmy, right, I appreciate it, man. Appreciate it. No See you, buddy. Problem. What do you guys think? Is he just is it that simple? Could be. Could a quarterback like Aaron Rodgers have the aha moan of like, oh dude. Oh, oh yeah. Just be a quarterback. How oh. about I plant my feet? <laughs> I, Jimmy's not I think he's on to something right there. He's not wrong. So they're saying Rodgers it is close to impossible to pinpoint exactly what Rodgers is referring to from twenty ten unless he does <laughs> reveal his secret. Uh the Packers what happened in twenty ten, twenty eleven? You guys remember? For the no. Green Bay Packers, you, is it, you remember? Yeah, I think Rowdy, pretty you remember? nondescript season. I think they just won a piece of metal. Oh, are you quoting Rob Manfred? A piece of metal, a hunk, of, a hunk of metal. A hunk of metal. Uh, do you think Vince Lombardi is rolling in his grave if that were to be referred to as a hunk of metal, the Lombardi Trophy? Yeah, the Packers won the Super Bowl that year. Oh, huh. Aaron Rodgers. I mean, Aaron Rodgers' greatest year is what? Twenty eleven. Yes, that's when he set the all-time record for quarterback rating. Uh, but in 2010, Rodgers was, I mean, you could see, you're like, oh, my God, this guy is is a beast. When did you guys know Aaron Rodgers was going to be that guy? Do you, do you have the moment where you're like, oh, my God, this dude is insane? Not really. You don't have that, like, one aha moment? Like I, I don't did? have one that just sticks out and been like, this is it. This what about you, what Rowdy? Um, it might be kind of a weird one, <laughs> but it was when Rodgers led them 
to that, was it the first playoff appearance? Was that the second year? Dude, starting? I was going to say the same thing. Yeah, 2009 against, against the, the Cardinals. Cardinals. Yeah, I know they didn't win the game. But that was insane, wasn't it? Where but but that was got pulled off. And wasn't yeah, but that was the game where you're like, okay, this guy, because obviously he his first year starting, it's not like he was bad. No. But it was like that second year, and then they made the playoffs. They're like, okay, this guy can be really good. But what Jimmy was just saying, when Jimmy just called in talking about Rodgers' footwork, if you remember when Rodgers' first Rogers first year starting wasn't the greatest. I mean, the Packers went 6-10. and 10. I know the roster itself was kind of ewey, for lack of a better word. Ewey? <laughs> but it's ew. But Rodgers came back the next year in 2009, and his mechanics were changed up. And, you know, the footwork was different. The footwork was better. Then all of a sudden, you're like, damn, this dude... This is pretty good. And, Rowdy, I was going to say the exact same thing as you as that 2009 playoff game where Rodgers threw four touchdowns. He had 423 yards. Uh, it was just he had a quarterback rating of 121.4. That game was insane. That game was nuts. And then you still had the parallels because I remember Brett Favre was still going at it too. And that's when the Vikings were, you know, knocking heads. And you had the comparison. You're like, well, Brett Favre's out here balling. And then you look at Aaron Rodgers going against the the Cardinals, and it was that was the moment for me. I'm like, I think we're going to be pretty good with this guy moving forward. That was the moment. And then after that, it was just then it was the floodgates that opened for Rodgers. That was your aha moment. Yeah, it was, it was the it was the Cardinals game in the playoffs. So when Rodgers is going back to the 2010 tape, watching it, and he's having this aha moment. <laughs> do you think Matt Lafleur is like, dude? What, dude? What's going on here? Like, <laughs> what do you mean you're watching ten what, years? What ago? do you mean? What do you mean? Like my plays aren't good enough for you? My my tutelage isn't good enough for you? What's going on here? Or so maybe he's the one who told him to go back and watch the tape and learn how to be a quarterback again. Well, here you go. Rogers credited the offseason brainstorming of going back and watches between himself, Coach Matt Lafleur, offensive coordinator Nathaniel Hackett, and quarterbacks coach Luke Getzey uh, for simulating the creative juices with their offense. I think at what uh, after watching that Packers offense last year, I think Nathaniel Hackett and Matt LaFleur probably should be going back and watching some of that tape of the highly successful NFL head coach Mike McCarthy. <laughs> you mentioned earlier your favorite Aaron Rodgers moment. Yeah. And I think I've narrowed it down to two. Well, you got a little time here, Rowdy. Do tell. Obviously, I feel like the biggest throws that we all remember are the Hail Marys. Yeah. I'm not going there. It's got to be between the Randall Cobb I don't really consider that a Hail Mary, but that bomb. Oh, the against and, the against the Bears? And the Jared Cook toe tap against Dallas. It's got it's gotta be one of those two. The Rodgers to Cobb against the Chicago Bears is one of the most iconic plays and calls of all time from our guy Wayne Lerby. Rodgers surveying fires. That's caught Randall Cobb. Chicago territory. Randall Cobb inside the 20 yard line. Randall Cobb is going to score. That's not the one. That's That's a different one. YouTube lied to me, but that's a good one right there, too. We'll take the Al Michaels version. But that's not even the play. (laughs) That's not even the play, but here we go. Here it is. Rodgers gets the snap. Blitz is on. Rodgers scrambles He's left. Winds up. Cobb. He's got Cobb at the 10 to the 5. Yes! To the end zone. Yes! Touchdown. And a dagger. Oh, my goodness. An <laughs> NFC North Division Championship dagger of 47 yards. That is yards. your dagger. That right there is like goosebumps. 
That I, I think that is my favorite. Rowdy, we're in the same wavelength today. It's kind of scary. That is my favorite Aaron Rodgers memory right there. Besides, like the aha moment for me was his was that 2009 playoff game against the Cardinals. Even though they lost, I'm like, oh my god, this guy's the truth. And then you get the fourth and eight as the Bears are winning 28 to 27 with 46 seconds left in the fourth quarter, and our guy led by the head coach Mike McCarthy and Aaron Rodgers. Rodgers gets the snap, blitz is on, Rodgers scrambles he's left, winds up rainbow. Cobb. He's got Cobb he's in the got 10 to the yes. to the end zone. He's got Touchdown, Brandon and a Cobb. dagger. Oh, my goodness. An NFC North Division championship dagger. Some Bears that? fan that's probably like trying to jump off a bridge. Dude, it is that was incredible. And just seeing the crowd, Jay Cutler sitting there in his giant oversized coat just staring in disbelief. That's the one he decided to bow out of, right? What a game, dude. What what an absolutely wild game. No, I don't think Cuddy bowed down on that one. That was the I think you're thinking of the NFC championship game when he was on the bike. Yeah, it wasn't that that game. This wasn't this one to win the NFC North? Snap. Blitz is on. No, Roger scrambles. Yeah, week 17, 2013. It's easy to get you, the Cuddy confused because he always looks like a sourpuss. Well, that the, it was the same season, too, right? He's always a little sourpuss. I think close second, though, you got to go with that Cowboys one just because oh, the what, tapper from what happened after with the Mason Crosby field goal. Yeah. I think Skip Bayless still tweets about it every other like week. <laughs> Skip Bayless is still a thing. Oh, yeah, he's still a thing, RJ. He is definitely still a thing. So your two rowdy are the toe tap of Jared Cook. Yeah, that would be my second one. And, and that one to take the, the NFC first one North. was the Randall Cobb. That, that one right there I just played was an all-timer. Mm-hmm. 2009 against the Cardinals in a loss. That was what an incredible game. And then can I just say just in general the connection of him and Jordy Nelson? That sure. was that was That was beautiful. That was poetry. My God, I miss you, Jordy Nelson. What a, what a cereal too. Jordy's Farm Fresh Flakes. Did you guys ever have it? I have never had it. Ten out of ten. Ten out of ten. Uh, J. A. Krebs tweets at me at Ebo says, "Does the laser Rogers threw Jennings in the Super Bowl was his best throw and moment?" That was yeah. That was yeah, a that's a one. damn good one too. Right after Jennings is like, "I'll be wide open." Yeah, I'll be <laughs> wide open. Just give me, bro. <laughs> Big shout out to Ben Gamble, Brandon Woodruff, Brent Suter, Devin Williams, Josh Hader, Orlando Arcia getting it done with that bat too. Two games in a row, baby. One more. It's a winning streak. Same time, same place tonight. 710 Miller Park. Same teams as well, believe it or not. Rowdy. Yeah, Four-game series. Four-game series. Four-game series. Got to win this. Got to win at least one more to win the series. And then to qualify for a winning streak. And if you get a winning streak, three in a row, then you hear this song. Keep turning up the heat, baby. That play from Ben Gamble last night uh, from right field to get the force out at home was incredible. That was like... How, that's why you watch baseball, right? Is for crazy stuff like that to happen, and then you top, and then you throw in the fact that also elsewhere the Chicago White Sox, Giolito threw the first no hitter of 2020. That's how cool baseball is, right? Yeah, that, that fifth inning for the Brewers was monumental in that win. I I think if the Reds score a couple runs there and the Brewers go down, I think they lose that game. Oh, totally, because Brandon Woodruff had the bases loaded with no outs, right? Yeah, and then what does he do? Strikes out Joey Votto, which is insane. That's hard to do. And then he gets the technically the base hit 
that's not a base hit because yeah. he got out. How how do you feel? I don't remember exactly who it was that was up, but how do you feel? Was it Castellanos? Uh, I think so. Yeah, let me go look. Let me pull the that you had a hit to right field that I don't believe counts as a hit because <laughs> the guy technically would be like a a fielder's choice. Yeah, it's Castellanos. Castellanos. Force out at, force, force out at home. Yeah. Now, Freddie Calvez was in a pretty tight spot where do I stay, do I not? Well, I mean, what do you give – how about the credit for Ben Gamble all around, though? Because it was one of those, like, is he going to catch it? Is he going to let it bounce? Do I have to tag up? Do I have to – you know, Ben Gamble was – that was the moment for the game. Well, well, Gamble, I, I don't – do you think he did that on purpose? Because it was like he – it was kind of that in-betweener where he didn't know if he was going to need to die for it or if he yeah. was going to get there. And then it was like, or should I just wait so I can take this on a good hop? Which I think that's what threw off Freddie Galvez because there was one out. Yep. So if he catches it, one it, out was, base is loaded. it was still more of a, a shallow hit. It wasn't like it was a, a fly ball to deep right field. No, it was so, sort of like in between. Kind yeah, of thing. so if it's a base hit, I mean, you're probably tagging up. If you're tagging up, you're going to score anyways. If he dives and makes it, you probably want to be tagging up because he's going to be laying on the ground and you'll still have a good shot. <laughs> yeah. But if he does play it off a hop, if he throws the ball accurately, it's he going threw, to be a close play. He threw a dime in there, dude. And yeah, he threw the ball about as accurate as he probably could. Yeah, I'm gonna here's here's this. I'm gonna play the audio for everyone in case you didn't see it. It's theater of the mind. You can hear it, and I'll see if uh, Ben Gamble could have dove or not. Listen. Uh, and a breaking ball, a liner into right field. That's a base hit. Yeah, Galvis he coming home, and the throw gets there. Wow, wow what a oh, throw. no, he's safe at home. Uh, and now he's out. Bases were loaded. If the foot's on the plate, he's out. Yeah, because it's a force. <laughs> it's you, don't, a, you don't have to tag. Yeah, Ben Gale. Yeah, yeah, there you go. He's out at home. Right. Thanks right. to Fox Sports Wisconsin, the sultry voice of Matt LePay. I forgot. It was a force. <laughs> Yeah, dude, that was uh, that was an incredible play. He, there's no way he could have dove and caught it. It was too far in front of him. He played that bounce perfectly, though. And it was one of those, like, I don't know if he can catch it or not. You know, Ben Gamble, what a play. That right there was like, that's the gritty Brewers that I love to see. Brandon Woodruff has the bases loaded, strikes out Joey Votto. Ben Gamble with the heads-up play for the force out at home. And then you have, um, uh, and then what, he popped up the next batter for the third out. It was, it was a work of art. By the Brewers in that one. How I've just how funny is it if you're reading a box score the next day, so you didn't watch the game, and you're looking at the fifth inning, and it says Castellanos grounded into a fielder's choice to right. Yeah, you're thinking to yourself, <laughs> oh, whatever. Well, a fielder's, think about a fielder's, a fielder's choice, choice to, to right. right. <laughs> huh? And then if you watch the video, it's actually what would be a, a base hit yeah. if uh, Galvis was safe. That was a hell of a play. That, if the Brewers, if that doesn't happen, one of the, like the rarest plays in baseball. If that doesn't happen, Brewers are losing that game. The, the floodgates probably open. Well, and then so we talk about it like it's a great win, which obviously it was a big win. I mean, Woodruff looked good over six innings. I mean, Woodruff has kind of fallen into some bad luck. Yeah, where he had like a a little dinky hit where it was off the end of the bat, and then all of a sudden he hits a batter, and then one guy hits like a, a legit double or yeah. something to that extent yeah. where he runs into like a little bit of trouble in an inning, but he over six innings, he pitched well, but it's still the Brewers offense scored three runs last the night. The Brewers offense is still a major problem. <laughs> it's, it's, it's high. 
The the pitching is doing their job, man. I mean, that bullpen, too, was a lights out. The trio of Suter, Williams, and Hader, they didn't allow a hit, and they struck out five in three innings of work. Hader got saved number seven, and boom, done, win. Let's go, crew. That's the offense, yeah, it's though. Just, you're not going to win tough. many games when you score three runs. I mean, Luckily, they did last night. RBI from Gamble and Orlando Arcia. Milwaukee now sits at 13 and 15, and they're four and six at home now. And uh, going for that third win in a row tonight in that four-game series. What um, I know you're high on the Reds coming into the season, Nelly. But what's your looking at the Reds now? What um, what, what's your thoughts on the Reds? I think they are they underperforming. Last season, last season, if you look at what they did, I mean, they're 11 and 17 now. They've been signing key players or making trades late in the last season, kind of building up for a, you know, like a little playoff run where they're kind of pushing their chips into the middle. Yeah. I don't think they could have planned for a worse time to have COVID hit. (laughs) Seriously. (laughs) Like when you start to push your chips in the middle and spend money and and, and acquire and acquire pitchers that are on like year deals or two year deals yeah. from seasons <clears throat> ago it's not the best to have a 60 game shortened season and then all of a sudden you have cut payrolls due to covid and money issues mm-hmm. but yeah, yeah guys you, opting out yada yada if you if you look at they signed Mike Mustakis to the long deal, so he's going to be there for a while. Joey Votto's obviously under contract for a while. Joey so, so is cool. Suarez. They got rules. They just signed that Castellanos. So all those guys are going to be there a while. Plus they have some of the younger players that are under team control. But then you look at some of the the pitchers that they acquired. Trevor Bauer was one of them. That's the guy that I actually made the comment about. Well, Trevor Bauer had an ERA of what, .68? Before the Brewers spanked them around a little well, bit. Well, that was that was the guy that I made the comment about. What was it? A couple of years ago now. Yeah, because oh, they acquired him on year? a yeah on a short deal where he was going to be there for next year, and that was when they were still in contention. Yeah, and you guys joked was like, well, if they well, the want owner, seventy wins or seventy five, the wins. owner said like, I'd rather win seventy four games than seventy three. It's like okay, but at the time they were still in contention where if they got hot they could make a playoff and they hadn't been there in a while and then you knew you were getting Trevor Bauer again that next season so I understand or understood what they were doing plus you had a lot of younger pitchers that were under control or their Sunny Grays well then they go out and sign Miley mm-hmm. <laughs> just a just a bad season for them now a lot of those guys are still under contract but I think you could argue their best pitcher Trevor Bauer will be a free agent next year and probably won't resign yeah. And if he does resign, it won't be for seventeen and a half million like they're paying him this year. Right. But yeah, just kind of bad luck and weird season. But I think every team that has a bad season can chalk it up to that. Oh, you have the or ultimate at least use the excuse. You have the ultimate get out of jail free card. It's like, dude, okay. Well, we had this thing called COVID nineteen. People were opting out of the season. We had to quarantine. We played NL Central versus AL Central in the Brewers case, obviously. Yeah, I think we're giving a pass here. But yeah, it's to sum it up on the Reds, I think if they could go get another good pitcher like a Trevor Bauer or maybe re-sign Trevor Bauer, I think they could be, again, legit playoff contenders yeah. next season just based on the roster they have. Oh, uh, Looking else in the NL Central here, fly the L. The Chicago Cubs lose. Lose, Cubs lose. 7-1 to one to the Detroit Tigers. Cubs, though, are leading the way uh, in the Central, 18-11. and 11. The Cardinals... The Cardinals are ten and what are they? Ten and nine? Yes, ten and nine. 
second place, and then the Brewers sitting at obviously 13 and 15 after that win last night. Uh, that's your uh, NL Central update there. We don't really care. Uh, Reds 11 and 17, and Pirates. Brewers handed so, them three wins. They're at bottom seven and so 18. So the Brewers. And the Cardinals lost last night as well to the Royals. Brewers have six more games until the deadline. Yep. And this is what, yep. Two more against the Reds, four more against the Pirates. Pirates. What What are you saying if the Brewers go four and two and all of a sudden, instead of being 13 and 15, they're 17 and 17 and most likely would probably be right around that last spot in the playoffs? Yikes. Are you still a seller? Are you a buyer? Are you a stand patter? Like. If they do, what are you get, gonna? What are you? What are you selling besides maybe like Josh Hader, who's 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 a guy that you could get something for? Well, I mean, you could besides Hader. you could try to deal any of those guys that you acquired this off season. Like, like, how much could you get for them though? Because they're small, not they're not doing too hot. Small pieces here and there. Yeah, not not a ton. But I mean, it's the point. You're at the point where do you need? Do you want to bring them back, or do you try and get whatever you can for them? Or a Brett Anderson, since he's on a one-year deal, mm-hmm. you could try and possibly look at uh, Avisel Garcia because he'll be around next year, but his uh, price tag's less than eleven million dollars. Yeah, I mean there are a lot of guys. We talked about this earlier. They have a ton of guys where if they, in theory, got rid of all the guys that are on these one or two year deals, there could be a high number of roster turnover yeah. for the Milwaukee Brewers, which there already was last season. Cause there was a lot of guys that weren't re-signed. Well, it's a whole different looking team. You're like, who, who are these guys? Plus there were some trades at the end of last year yeah. or into uh, early winter. There's a lot of turnover last season for the Brewers. There could be a lot of turnover again this season, totally. which I wouldn't be surprised at all. I wouldn't be surprised one bit over it. So looking at our Twitter, we have two Twitter polls going on right now. So Nelson and I were talking yesterday sporadically. You know, Over the weekend, the, I hate to bring up painful memories, the Brewers got swept by the Pittsburgh Pirates. It was atrocious. I, I, I was sick to my stomach. I was about vomiting. Sunday, Sunday, I about vomited because Josh Hader sat on the bench Craig Council did nothing with him as the Brewers had a four to three lead going into the eighth inning. There's there's Josh Hader. Nothing's happening. You hadn't seen him since last Tuesday. So Monday, I was a little pissy. I got a little fired up. Sort of talking about where the hell's been Josh Hader? Why haven't they used him? And then we started talking. Would you trade Josh Hader? Because the Brewers have the worst farm system in the majors. The Brewers need some pieces. The Brewers are, you know, an incomplete team. Josh Hader is your biggest haul. Well, we started talking about trading Josh Hader. Guess what the national media did last night and this morning? More evidence that everyone listens to this fine program because the fourth headline on CBSSports.com. Trade talks heating up. Josh Hader could be on the trading block. Yeah, and that stems from a Ken Rosenthal article from The Athletic, which if you're like us, you get to read the first paragraph and nothing else. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> so I put the Twitter poll out there. Would you be okay with the Brewers trading Josh Hader? Your options are no, don't you dare. The second option, I don't like it, but I would understand it. And the third option is, oh, yeah, baby, let's get all. Right now, 50.6% of the vote going to trade Josh Hader. Let's get a haul. And in second place is no, don't you dare. Rowdy, you voted where? I actually voted for I'd understand. Yeah, I would just understand. Because I voted too. Now my vote could easily change in like four days. Because if the Brewers go one and three and all of a sudden they're 14 and 
what, 18? Mm. I'm definitely all right. Let's trade him and get a haul. Right. And then my other, the other poll we got going on with the MLB trade deadline looming, what should the Brewers be doing? Be sellers, stand patters, or buyers? Well, sellers lead the way, stand patters second, buyers third. Because I still think, I'm under the impression that with three years of control left at a reasonable price, Josh Hader could easily be traded this upcoming winter. And if you were in contention or right there on the eighth seed, it would be hard to say, eh, we're, we're going to just sell. And yeah. It's a COVID-shortened season. I, I feel like it would be hard to do that, especially totally. to the fans where they haven't been able to get in and watch any of the games. The team has, for most people's uh, opinions, underperformed, especially hitting-wise. I feel like it would be a tough sell to the fan base being in the playoff yeah, picture. This is funny right here. And then in five days saying, yeah, we're still going to sell. All right, so our guy Jordan, J8 Krebs, tweets at me, my Twitter account, at Ebo says, and he goes, boys, let's be honest. I'm the one that started the rumor. Because <laughs> he was the one saying it. Uh, that's funny. Let's go to the phones quick. Welcome to the show. Who do I got? Hey, you got Conrad. Hey, Conrad. What's up, brother? Hey, not much, guys. You know, on this topic, you know, I this team was compiled to play a full season. Right. And so I, there's part of me that I, I don't even like, I don't even like the fact that we're talking about trade deadlines and, and dumping players, because I would love to see this team. You know, you can kind of see like, as, as the season is going on, it is, you know, we're, we're floating around 500. Yeah. We got to take care of business today and tomorrow and we got to take care of business. But you can see the guys like playing at Miller Park. Yeah. I just, when I'm watching the last two games, I just find myself, like, just rooting Miller Park, Miller Park, because the guys like to be there, and we're going to be there for, like, till next Wednesday. So we just hang tight and, and get through the season. I would love to see, you know, there's always going to be pieces that are going to come and go every season. But I feel like if the guys catch a groove, and you bring the, this core back for a full season next year, then let's act. Then then we can talk because right now I would hate this. I mean, you might have you might have caught like lightning in a bottle, but there's no way to tell because we got this stupid shortened season. <laughs> so I mean, so I, I'm I don't want to necessarily lose. now at the end of next season if we're if we're just still floating around 500 and, and not not dominating our league our division. Um, you know, then maybe we can talk about Josh Hader, you know, going down the road or whatever. And I don't know what the dynamics look like on the contract or anything like that. But one thing I do want to bring up yep. as far as a stat, which I think is very interesting. Hit me. Two, there's two divisions in all of Major League Baseball that have over 80 wins total. And that is the division, our, our um, uh, compadre opponent in the American League Central, they have a total of 80 wins. And then out in the West, National League, they have 83 wins. The rest of all of the rest of the leagues are like barely at 70, and a lot of them are just over 60. So we've gotten matched up with a very, very competitive division. And so, I mean, I, I think, you know, just you kind of look at things and you're like, man, I'm glad I'm not playing those guys in the West. But how the heck did we get, how the heck did the, did the American League Central, how are they able to pull off all these wins? Because the, well, they got they got talent, and they're they're catching lightning in a bottle as well. So I think you just got to kind of like look at things. The, the whole season is skewed, and uh, just kind of roll with this thing and see what ends up happening. I really hope that we can at least get in the playoffs. Yeah. That's all I'm really really hoping for. But man, last night everyone was just we we played as a team, we won as a team, and uh, you got good plays and and. Everyone's just kind of, kind of clicking along. Did you see that Ben Gamble force out at home? Oh man, that was sick. <laughs> that, that was, was sick, sick, dude. It was, it Man. was sick. 
I'm going to say that Benny did it on purpose. Yeah. I'm just giving him the benefit of the doubt. Like he's like, I did that. Yeah, like, I did that. He's that like, was me. I'm a professional. You think, you think that was an accident? That's why I'm a pro, yeah. baby. And right after he did that, he was like, what a rush. Later. <laughs> See you, Conrad. Okay, so so Conrad's point about the AL Central being pretty good. Do you think it also could be that the top three teams in the AL Central, being the Twins, Indians, and White Sox, have just been able to Nash. take advantage of the Detroit Tigers and the Kansas City Royals are two and of the, the teams Pirates. they've been playing against? And yes, the Pittsburgh Pirates, they've been able to take advantage of playing the Pittsburgh I Pirates. So. I wish the Brewers could Something take advantage of that. Something the Brewers can't do as they're two and four exactly. against the Pirates. Dude, if the Brewers would have swept the Pirates, how sick would that have been? Even if so, they're two and four against the Pirates, who are by far the worst team in baseball. If they would have swept the Pirates, I would have said this. I mean, but just even if they won four out of six, just flip those numbers. Mm-hmm. Look at where they're sitting. Again, the Pirates. The, the Pirates, Pirates are suck. four and two against the Brewers this season. They are three and sixteen against everybody else. Brewers, what the f? Remember when the Brewers would own the Pirates? Now they got swept by them. All right, Rowdy, up against the break. Yeah, it was back in the day when you could, you could uh, have a average Brewers team with the arm of Manny Para going <laughs> Manny there Parra. and win because the offense would somehow score twelve runs. What about a little like Dave Bush action? Plus, who's your, who's the guy that wore the tall socks? Was that Bush? He did wear. I love it. Pants above the knees. Yeah, that's that's a good look right there. That's a good fit. Zach Heilprin, our sports director. Oh, my God, there he is. There's Zach Heilprin, our sports director. Did I use trio in there? You did. Okay. It was well well worded. I'm, pr- I'm, I'm pretty sure that, yeah. yeah. You're pretty sure what? Nothing. The tr- I mean, trio. That makes I'm, sense. The trio. I'm it was not a, a trio. I'm no big J, they've but gone, the trio but, works. Right, but they've gone, they went trio on Monday night as well, uh, and it worked about as well with, uh, what was it? It was uh, Devin Williams, David Phelps, and, and then, then Josh, Josh Hader. Hader. Wasn't yeah. it nice to see Josh Hader after like not pitching since last Tuesday? I was wondering if they're going to go back-to-back with him. <laughs> what, what, what did he, how many pitches did he have on Monday? It was like 26, 27? Yeah, something like that. They didn't, and I went back and looked last last year. They didn't pitch him back-to-back a, uh, a ton when he had that many pitches in the first outing. But it worked out perfectly well last night. Didn't strike anybody out, but it worked out. It did work out, dude. Because uh, play- Devin Williams is a beast. Yes. Oh yeah. That changeup. Yeah, I said probably about a week ago that reminds me of Trevor Hoffman, but he throws harder. Yeah, he's got. Yeah. So Zach, it was uh, nice now, to see the Brewers now live up win. to it, Devin Williams. Yeah, right. <laughs> Be, become the all-time saves leader, or the I guess the number two all-time. Well, Trevor Hoffman, what a beast that first year with the Brewers. We don't talk about the second year, but that first year, my God, lights out. I love Trevor Hoffman. All right, Zach, the reason why we're in here is because, A, I missed you like the desert misses the rain. Mm-hmm. I hadn't seen you since last Friday, so I missed you dearly, yep. even though we did exchange a couple of texts on uh, Saturday. And, <laughs> and B, you were at Lambeau yesterday watching the Packers practice. Frantic texts. Very, and we figured it out though. Yeah, yeah. No, Lambo. The last two days, Monday was not worth anything, and yesterday (laughs) was uh, was very interesting. I thought. Let's let's just get Monday out of the way really quick. Why was that just nothing? So they were not in pads; they were just uh, in helmets, and it was essentially a walkthrough for an hour and ten minutes, which made the uh, the five hour round trip not really worth it. But (laughs) the other drive does suck. But yesterday was certainly uh, made up for it. That was worth it. Ton of team drills. They went like they. 
I think close to 50 plays, team drills, 11 on 11, various things like third down, red zone, backed up, like all over the place. And the first play, I mean, even the first playing team stood out. And Nelson, very okay, excited. Okay. Is this the play? Because I, was, I, was, I wasn't going oh, to get to it right away. Okay. Oh, well, I was going to ask real quick and then transition into Sorry. it. That's okay. I mean, you're a big J. I'm just an entertainer. There is, when it comes to the Packers, Matt LaFleur in his press was saying, we're going to ramp up the physicality of it. Did they ramp up the physicality? Mercedes Lewis saw that on the first play of team drills, coming on a, on a little bit of a pull and met Rashawn Gary and put Rashawn Gary in the ground. Ooh, like put him was, on, and I quote from your tweet, on his... Yeah. yeah. to see it. It was... I'm surprised Nelson wasn't all over that tweet. As were some other people that responded to the tweet. They're like, why yeah. hasn't Nelson responded to this? Why hasn't Nelson made a comment about this? I think it's largely because the rest of the practice... Rashawn Gary tore it up. Did he? Yeah, he had at least he had <laughs> at least three would-be sacks, obviously not taking the quarterback to the ground, but he's been as impressive as any of their outside linebackers so far uh, in camp. And um, Is it Darius back? Yeah, he pre- but he didn't take part in any of the 11-on-11 yesterday. He okay. was in pads but didn't do anything. He did do one-on-one drills and uh, dominated his guy uh, per usual. But no, Rashawn Gary – has been among the standouts to this point. Yeah, I saw. I saw someone. Someone tweeted Doesn't at you. Doesn't phase me. These so, uh, these eyes have seen some things, and you, I know what I see I, in Rashawn Gary. I, I seen it. So someone tweeted at you, Zach, and that tweet you had about Mercedes Lewis putting Rashawn Gary on his. Yeah. What he says, this guy Jerry says, "Our Gary is on the edge of being a bust," and yeah. you quoted that tweet, which I love when you do stuff like that because it means there's you're gonna body someone, and you said on your Twitter at Zach Halpern, not. Even close. That was one play. It was a standout the rest of practice. Looked like he's going to play a big role this year. Yeah, and I, I stand by that. I think he's going to play a big role. There's no look. There's he's the there's no Kyler Fackrell there to take snaps away from him anymore. Fackrell, get it right. Yeah. Uh, excuse me. And so with them not perhaps wanting to play uh, Preston Smith and Zedarius Smith as many snaps as they did last year, I think Rashawn Gary is going to play a ton. And they've got. A package where you're going to get all three of those guys on the, fl- on, the uh, on there at the same time. Is it the old Packers psycho? Wasn't that where they had like everyone standing up? It's called around? something different, uh, but it. But I think it's. Uh, but like I, they're just going to move guys around. Yeah, I'm not going to. I can't. You can't comment I'm on. I'm not going to go any further than that. But they're, they're moving guys around. Are they still? Are they still? They're oh, staying yes. firm with that, right? Oh yeah. Like you can't do your job. Parts of your job. Do you think? Yeah. Do you think if they would have? <laughs> I don't had, want to put you in a bad spot. Sorry. Do you think if they would have had these type of policies that Dom Capers' defense actually would have stopped someone? <laughs> uh, <laughs> so that, that laugh was funny. Doubtful because the fans were in the stands. Oh, you mean like if they if Dom Capers Dom Capers was the guy right now? Yeah, like when and, you like could no talk fans? about what they're doing at practice. Yes, probably. Right, and, and also you know, where, you know where Dom Capers is now in the aisle at Walmart getting his just for men jet black <laughs> yeah. hair dye. He is not. I was gonna. My guess was actually gonna be in a barber shop getting, <laughs> getting his hair dyed. Those are he? those are very good guesses because I think we're all in agreement with that. What a head of hair! He is currently in the Minnesota Vikings organization. Oh yeah, as a defensive Ooh. assistant. I remember seeing that tweet, quoting that, it, and laughing about that it. That defense is taking a step back, folks. The only so they gave up. Yikes! So the Packers got That's Jerry funny. Gray, and they got. Dom Capers. I think it's a big win for the <laughs> All right, so speaking of Minnesota, well done. Look, we're just on the same wavelength today. Uh, the draft for Matt, uh, Matt LaFleur and Brian, or Brian Kudukunz and Matt LaFleur, I guess, would have to give us a blessing on some. But uh, Kamal Martin, the Minnesota linebacker in the fifth round, was kind of banged up, I guess, coming in. And then apparently he's been crushing it in practice. Is that true? Yeah, he had a knee injury at the end of last year. He played through the end of the season, but then you know had surgery before the bowl game. Obviously uh, didn't get to take part in the combine. Uh, 
because, but they say, uh, because he, he was assumes still, they, he was he still dinged up. Four, five, four, six, he was seven. still dinged up, and then obviously the pro day because of COVID didn't get to take part in that. And so he sent out a tape to all the people right around draft time showing them that he was fully healthy. I think he's a guy that probably could have gone a little bit earlier. I mean, Packers got him in the fifth round. But he has been the most impressive rookie to this point, I would say. Mm-hmm. I think it would go I think it would go him, Josiah DeGora, and then We're big DeGora fans. AJ Dillon. I think that'd be your top three in terms of how impressive the rookies have been. And perhaps I think also in terms of Perhaps I'm not positive. I'm not speculating on this at all. No, not at all. There's no speculation on None. my part. But at some point, perhaps one that would also be the order of how early they play. And that's not speculating or anything. No, I, I don't know that for so. For, I'm not speculating. Most on impressive that. rookies: Martin, Kamal Martin, Josiah Deguara, AJ Dillon. Yeah. Who has had the most impressive thighs? Is it AJ Dillon? <laughs> <laughs> no comment. Awkward. <laughs> All right. So. I got, actually, I got a question, kind of about player personnel. But I know I the Packers took. I have to, 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 they took three offensive linemen late. Yeah. Have any of the? I know the one from Indiana has is obviously hurt, Stepaniak. not practicing. Yeah. Uh, are the other two? I guess looking all right, getting much playing time whatsoever. I can't speak to the playing time aspect. God, of it. I hate these new rules. But I'll say, I mean, they're all. I guess Runyon was of, the, the of, swing. Yeah, none of, that they were. Can you like write down the questions we can ask? Not, none of them are expected to play this year, if that's what you're asking. Yeah, because um, Runyon was the one where it was like, oh, maybe if they had an injury, he might see some time. Yeah, you know what? Yeah, he's working inside at guard, and right now, I think... Right now... He's trying to do, get around. You're trying with the new rules. No, yeah, I'm saying like they have their starting guards. It's the guys that we saw last year. They've talked about it in the press conferences. I mean, Elton Jenkins was fantastic as a rookie. And right now, <laughs> with, with Rick Wagner out, that competition at right tackle is non-existent. So, yeah, Billy, so Billy Turner has been the guy. And at right guard, that means Lane Taylor's the guy. Is there is there a spot for John Runyon, perhaps, if a guy goes down? Yes. I do think so. All right, but I, but I do think that I mean there's there's other options there as well, moving guys around. Can let's in the new rules because apparently you can't talk about how many reps and what teams are with. What if I were to say blink once for first team, twice for second team? And, <laughs> well, can, does that fly? That would work great here with no cameras. But and then I could say it right, like I'm not. Oh, he blinked twice. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so Zach, well, I mean, we're talking about the line, and what does the line do? They protect number twelve, Aaron Rodgers. They do. Aaron Rodgers, I guess, is is from the articles I've been reading, balling out in practice. He said he went and watched back uh, some tape of when you know Mike McCarthy was head coach of 2010, and going back and he's been rejuvenated and he's got the spark in him. He had this aha moment. Well, he was the coach then, wasn't he? He was. Okay, just, so just, Rodgers, the way, just the way you put it, like as if like he was the back, Mike McCarthy school of quarterback. He went back and saw something within the Mike McCarthy school of quarterbacking that he was doing back then that he isn't doing well, now, that he wasn't doing now, and it resulted in him all of a sudden becoming a different player and a different quarterback and turning it on and well, being great. My yeah. sources were telling me that there were rumors that he was actually more interested in Joe Philbin, the offensive coordinator back then. Not, yeah. It wasn't necessarily McCarthy. Okay. Well, I think the reason why Rodgers isn't saying... Just rumors, though. Rodgers isn't saying what it is that he saw in the aha moment because I don't think he wants to upset Matt LaFleur. LaFleur looks like he's a crier. So I don't think he He wouldn't wants, tell... He hasn't really told LaFleur either. Yeah, he doesn't want to upset LaFleur. That's why. So how has Rodgers really been looking? I see your video was, here. He's winning the net-throwing competition. Oh, yeah. He, oh, yeah. He's... he Look, he was off to a slow start in camp. There's no doubt about it. He threw four picks like within the first couple of days of camp. Um but the last few days, he's been almost straight on. I think he had two bad balls yesterday. Yeah. Uh, 
for what it's worth, Tim Boyle, I think, had like one bad ball yesterday. He's been uh, really, really impressive too. So, But no, Aaron Rodgers seems locked in. He looks good to go, and uh, it's not really going to matter until it's guys are able to come around and hit him. Right. I think there are sometimes some of the throws that he's able to make right now would not be throws he'd be able to make in a game because he'd be down on the ground. <laughs> um, so, But look, he, uh, he's he, good, he, he looks good. That's he, good. He doesn't look like he's – it's not like he's regressed any further – uh, well, he found the fountain of youth, and that's Mike McCarthy's binders of offensive play calls and yeah, tape. Yeah, of course. <laughs> <laughs> or was it dumping Danica Patrick? Or that. Zach Halpern joining us right now, our sports director. Uh, in the new rules, I don't think you can comment on relationships or former relationships, can you? Can't. That's a shame right there. All right, Zach, so for Aaron Rodgers, we were talking, you know, what's that moment, and just, you know, not specifically what was going on in practice yesterday. Um, we were talking about Aaron Rodgers. Like, what's that moment when you knew? You're like, this guy's the truth. Do you have a moment for Aaron Rodgers when you watched him play earlier on in his career and you're like, 2007 right. against Dallas. That was that's that early. Oh yeah, I mean because you think about it, he he was so much better than Brett Favre that day. Like Favre got knocked out of that game, but he he was trash earlier in that game, and Rodgers almost brought him back. And that was the time I thought. And so like it, when the season got done at, in 2007, they obviously went to the NFC Championship game. Favre, you know, comes back. I don't want to think about it. But like. <laughs> that that summer, I'm like, it doesn't really matter who quarter, who the quarterback is. I think they're going to be fine either way. I thought Rodgers was just fine. That 2007 game against Dallas was kind of like a yeah, he's yeah. got it, and so, it proved and it obviously proved to be the case for me. I think it was it was 2009 in that playoff game. I know they lost against the Cardinals, but it was like Aaron Rodgers four touchdowns, what over 420 something yards. You're like, and then you had Brett Favre going on with the Vikings, obviously. And yeah. You're like, oh my god, Aaron Rodgers is sick. Like this yeah. guy rules. So. Uh, we were just having some fond memories, and we brought up him hitting Randall Cobb in the NFC to take the the North. 2013? Yeah, week 17, the, the both, infamous call from, or the famous call, I should say, from Wayne Larravee. Yeah, and both of those, and both of them had been out for such a long time. Yeah. It wasn't just, I mean, obviously Rodgers had been out since November with the, uh, the collarbone, or maybe it was late October, with the collarbone, and, and Randall Cobb had been out with the leg injury all, all uh, season two, and them hooking up like they did. We, yeah, I mean, Rodgers has so many, so many memorable moments. Yeah. Like you, could, Rowdy brought up the toe tapper in Dallas with you know Jared Cook. Bring them all. Like those are all like within the last. I know, what, but six or seven go, years, you got to go back in that aha moment for like when you knew in two thousand seven. Right. Two thousand seven against Dallas. That that game that I think it was ten and one versus ten and one. Yeah, and yeah, he was. He well, was for good. me, it just it took a while for me to get over Brett Favre. I'm still. You're still not over Brett Favre. Like 95% of me is over it. The other five is just like, oh, the gunslinger, I love you forever, forever. <laughs> and I just can't get over Favre. Eh. But it took, a, it took 2009 for me to be like, okay, I think we're going to be okay with this guy Rodgers. We'll never forget you, Brent. <sighs> Which one were you when he went to the Vikings? Forever or we'll never forget you, Brent? Forever. I was for uh, forever. Eesh. I didn't. I was mad about it, but when he threw that interception against the Saints, I was the most glorious thing ever. I forgave him. Yeah, that's when I'm like, I all is absolved. I forgive you, Brett Favre. All right, Zach, because he did it intentionally for you. He 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 knew. <laughs> he knew that I loved him. I wrote letters when I was a kid to um, Big Dog, Glenn Robinson. Glenn Robinson, Big Dog, and I would write letters to Brett Favre. Sadly, no one ever. I was gonna say, did they ever write you back? Right, they never wrote me back. But um, I would write letters to them, and Favre, I think, kept those in like a, a scrapbook of his and close sure. to his heart, yep. and he played with them. No That's doubt. Why. All right, so before I let you get out of here, Zacharias, Minnesota, the Vikings. That's Packers, September thirteenth, week one. It has just come down the pipe. What yesterday? No fans in the stands. 
are they still experimenting uh, in Lambo? I guess with they Python did. noise. Yeah, they brought in the they brought in the ambient crowd noise. Do you know more about it? Like, is there a rule on like how loud it can 85 be? Eighty-five decibels, as loud as it can be, which is, is going to be louder in a dome than it is going to be outside. Yes. But Rogers um, was talking about it on Monday and said his the threshold is eighty-five decibels. So, 85 decibels is now, heavy traffic, be, window air conditioner, or noisy restaurant, or a power lawnmower, according to Google. Do we know who will be policing Power lawnmower it? and uh, air that's, conditioner are the same thing? I guess. That's 80 to 89 decibels. And a quote, anything above 85 or quote, very harmful. Yeah, I think like 85. I'm sorry, just harmful. Yeah, I think that's probably why it's set at 85. Yeah. But Do I, I, know I don't know. policing it? I don't. But the thing is, like, the Vikings had piped in noise before. Yes, they yeah. have. Uh, the Seahawks the Falcons, have been accused the of that. Falcons, yeah. like... The Falcons got reprimanded for it. Yep. Uh, but back in back when the Metrodome was going on, they used to put speakers behind the benches on the Packers side. <laughs> of course. And it got, you know, so loud. But yeah, I, 85? I don't know. I feel like you should... They can go back and calculate how loud stadiums are. Why don't they just have that... Like, that's your range. I don't think that'd be good for the Packers. Well, I mean, if there's fans in the stands, it wouldn't be good either. Yeah. But like, I don't know. The, the thing is, is it fair... To have to allow like thirteen thousand fans in, okay, like good. in Miami. This was a conversation I was going to have today. I haven't got to it. Well done. Or like in like Kansas Jerry City. Jerry Jones. Jerry Jones says that's not. He says it's not. What did he say? Essentially, like it's it's not an advantage to have fans in the stands. He's like it's fine. It's, it doesn't matter. Of course, it's an advantage. But if it is is the ambient noise of no fans or thirteen thousand fans, do you get to put in ambient noise if you have fans in there too? Yeah, that's a good question. Well, does it have to be fan noises? Like if the other teams on offense could you play like the most annoying sound yeah, in the world Jim from Dumb and Dumber? most annoying sound in the world. <laughs> that'd, be, that'd be amazing. Or Vuvuzelos? I think uh, th- there's there's like a girl screaming like in the in the noise. Like the, no. It, yes. Oh not in, not all the time. The, wor- it's, the it's worst like a little one, girl like it's like a little girl screaming the like worst at her one dad is or something the, like that. Is the one when the Wisconsin Badger basketball team's playing and there's I don't know who it is but there's always one woman. Well, just, if they played screaming there, it'd be out of place. Are you serious? Is that is that Demetrius Trice's mom? Trice's mom. It, it's like nails on a chalkboard for me. It drives me up the wall. And you can hear it everywhere. And it's yeah. been and it's been in the it's, it's, ah! like, and, oh. it's been, and it's been in the Big Ten for ten years because she did the same thing with uh, Travis Trice when he was at that, Michigan State. I don't know why, but it drives me up the wall. Well, I mean, it's... But anyway, whatever. That's, yeah. that's could, that, could that be the reason why Big Ten doesn't play basketball? <laughs> <laughs> They're just sick of the noise. So Jerry Jones says oh, it's an automatic An automatic year off because of <laughs> Demetrius Trice's mom? Yeah. Jerry Jones says it's absolutely fair that some teams will have fans and others won't. Aaron Rodgers said the same thing. He said... Really? Yeah, we'll let... You know, he thinks it's it should be up to the individual states. He's a big states' right guy. States' rights guys guy. Is what he said. That's what he. Hell, okay. That's hell on, yeah. That's honestly what he said about it. All right, Rogers. Um, he's not a big government guy, is he? No, he is not. The only oh my other, man. The only other Tear question. Tear it down, Rogers. Let's go. The only other question I would have is: Say Dallas brings fans in, do they still get to pump in noise? That's what I'm saying. That's my question like, too. I don't know. They get that. to bring Dimitri Trice's mom. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, Zach, before I let you go, McDonald's has the cure for world peace, or okay. maybe COVID. 40 years. It's been the 40 years since they've changed the McNugget recipe. Spicy McNuggets coming out. You're going to get some? I'm not. I'll just order some <laughs> for you and I'll eat them myself. Zach, we appreciate your time, brother. Yeah. Thanks, man. So we were kind of wondering yesterday, Rowdy, like, what are they going to do with this crowd noise? Or maybe that was Monday. Today's Wednesday, right? Yeah. It is. Man, time, time doesn't matter anymore.
See, I feel like when you start bringing in the crowd noise into it, it just brings up so many more questions than if there was no crowd noise. Yeah, so here's the thing. So Zach said, and we were wondering, like, what's the cutoff for how loud it can be? And it's 85 decibels. Um, apparently 30 decibels is leaves rustling, soft music, or... <laughs> Or whisper or whispering. Roughly. Uh average an average home noise is around forty decibels. Sixty decibels is a normal conversation or background music. Uh seventy decibels is office noise or inside a car at sixty miles per hour. Seventy-five is the vacuum cleaner or average radio noise. Hey everyone. And then eighty to eighty-nine, that range, obviously eighty-five is in the middle there, is heavy traffic, a window air conditioner. A noisy restaurant or a power lawnmower, and they say eighty to eighty-nine, and then sounds above eighty-five decibels are harmful. Um, have you ever sat in a noisy restaurant and been, man, I'm really harming my ears right now? No, but uh, on your phone, if you listen to your phone, like with music, if you have Spotify, Pandora, whatever you listen to, and you mm-hmm. have headphones in, you can actually check what it's been playing at lately. Yeah, what do you? So got? I just pulled mine up, and for uh, how do you do week, that? I want to do that. How do you do that? Go to your settings. Uh, let me go back. Your health on your phone. Oh, then, by the way, I had the update. I turned that COVID nineteen thing off as quickly as I could. Yeah, then show all health data, and if you scroll down, it'll show your headphone audio levels for the past thirty days. Um. Okay. I'm currently at seventy one decibels, so I'm sitting at an okay range. So you said then health profile, or what did you say? Sorry. Fitzpatrick skin type. What does that mean? <laughs> no idea. Show all health data. Here, I don't. Mine's med, mine's weird. All right, I don't. I I got the new update. I didn't try to. I didn't want to update my phone, and I accidentally hit the button, and it did it. And now I got all this even more Big Brother stuff on there. I was I just want to throw it in a lake and get a smart or a, a flip phone. Anyways, so eighty to eighty nine and eighty five. Obviously, was that? Yeah, I don't know on yours. Yeah, the new update sucks. And then they like they jack you up with all kinds of other like tracing stuff. All right, so uh, ninety to ninety-five is a subway or a shouted conversation. A boombox, ATV, or motorcycle is ninety-six to one hundred. A school dance. <laughs> rest in peace to those. Sorry, kids. No more grinding for you, little Jimmy. One hundred one to one hundred five. And then here you go, Rowdy. One hundred six to one fifteen is a chainsaw, leaf blower, snowblower. But a sports crowd is a hundred and twenty decibels. A normal sports crowd is a 120 to 129 decibels. The piped-in crowd noise for NFL games, a sporting event, will be 85 decibels. Wouldn't, aren't they trying to do it this is the most like realistic as they can? Wouldn't you have it be at like a rockin' sporting event? Because isn't that what an NFL game usually is? I mean, obviously you have your, lull, your lulls and your dull moments, but 85 is your cutoff? All right, so take that into account with Jerry Jones saying it's absolutely fair that some teams will have fans and others won't. Aaron Rodgers, according to Zach, also believes that same sentiment, that it's fair that some teams will have fans and others won't. Do you agree with that? I actually do agree with that just because, especially if you're living in a state where the the cases aren't as as much, I feel like it's a lot easier to say, yeah, let's do some – Fans in the stands, especially if we have twenty percent or twenty five percent, whatever they're going what, with. What's the Chiefs doing? Plus, we went twenty two percent. Plus, I, I like you, am a big thing of personal responsibility and and rights and choices. Yes. If I wanted to go to a football game, let me during go to a the game. pandemic, and they're willing to open it up and let me pay for it, why can't that happen? Exactly. 
<laughs> exactly. If I have personal choice and personal responsibility, if a I would go to Dallas and go watch the Cowboys play. <laughs> like, no problem. I can see Big Mike. What's up, dude? If if you don't, then don't go. Yeah, it's pretty it's pretty cut and dry. It's it's like the same thing when you you know, you talk about other things that are going on right now. If if you don't want to go out in public and you want to quarantine and you can do so either and, by working by home or yeah. obviously if you it's, it's, are it's kinda happen easy. to not have a job at this time, so be it. Like yeah. do it that way. If you want to wear a mask or not wear a mask, so be it. I don't really care. If if I felt that I needed to wear a mask and you didn't have a mask around me, I'd be like, all right, well, I got mine. Well, okay, let's say like an NFL stadium is like, all right, to come in, you got to wear a mask. No problem. I would gladly wear a mask and come in to Lambeau Field, for example, but they're not doing that. And Personal choice and responsibility. Yeah. Uh, Jerry Jones says, absolutely, it's fair. The benefit of crowds are important to sports. On the other hand, it's possible to have great times without it. You saw the other night in basketball. Yes, but it is fair. We've made up our minds that this thing isn't going to be one way or the other. Surely about... Uh, evening up everything that could be competitive, you've got to adapt to the virus, Jerry Jones says, and attendance is one of them. And to the end, and to the end that we can get fans enjoying these games with the experience similar to the things they had before, then we're going to try and do it and have a big step in the right direction. And Jerry Jones plans to have fans for every single 2020 home game. And the team has not announced what percentage of tickets will be up for sale at AT&T Stadium, but um, their governor orders right now are at 50%. So I'd imagine Jerry Jones will have 50%. Man, you know, you got all kinds of people moving to Texas. Like Joe Rogan's going to Texas. I would love to move to Texas. Just give me some – I would love somewhere just to – just let me live my life. That's yeah, what but now, to, that's what I'm trying to get out in the country. So now uh, you have – was it Baltimore that said they were going to have like 22%? Now that was weeks ago, so who knows where that update's at yeah. now. But say they bring in 22%, and then you have Dallas that can bring in up to 50 Yeah. How many people are going to be upset if they bring in 50 and say they're not social distancing enough? And there'll be people from like the East Coast that are like thousands of miles away from Texas. Well, I would be like, we're just following the orders given, handed down by our governor and our scientists. And last I checked, you guys on the East Coast don't live in Texas and aren't going to these games. So go pound sand, you wussies. That's, personally, that's what I would say. I love that. Pound sand now. I don't know who started saying it on the show, but I'm a big fan of it. I think it might have been our guy, Mate Zach. I would tell them politely to go pound sand. Because, you know, if they start letting fans in, people are going to have problems with it no matter how many. Oh, there's already in. people having problems with Jerry Jones saying that he wants fans in the stands. Here's, uh, here's what you do. You don't go then. <laughs> Problem solved. Done. It's pretty easy. <laughs> I don't know, Rowdy. I would go. That's why the Packers oh the Packers say after two weeks they're gonna reevaluate two home games are gonna reevaluate if they get a fans in the stands. What do you, you think? Do you, what not, do you think? There'll never be fans in the stands this year. In in Green Bay. Not gonna happen. I definitely don't think after two weeks. No, I don't think I don't think at all at all there's gonna be fans in the stands in Wisconsin. What do you think? I'd probably agree with you just because the uh the people in place in government don't believe in those those type of uh, rights and uh, choices. Yeah, it's not going to happen. Maybe next year. But here's the thing. I said maybe next year. Maybe next year. We'll see what happens. Is this more more reason for me to move to Texas? I mean, big Mike's down there. 
<laughs> Maybe you can get a job being like a little gopher for Big Mike. I would love it. I know he would love it too. I mean, I shook the man's hand. He'll be like, were you that weird guy that tried to get the photo op with me at a children's hospital? Were you like heisman on a little kid? No, I didn't Heisman a little kid. <laughs> what I did was I and told... then you had some traffic guy take a picture of Here's him? what I did. I knew Mike McCarthy was going to be walking on this stage. So I stood in the way where the stairs were. But my back was to him like I was just, you know, nonchalantly standing around. And I felt Mike McCarthy's presence behind me. And I turned around. I was go, it the presence or the glow? Both. You could hear, you could just feel his aura. I turn around and go, oh, excuse me. Oh, hey, coach. Nice to meet you. And I stuck my hand out. And my God, Mike McCarthy shook it. I have yet to wash this hand. Yet they, to wash this and hand. And you didn't capture the image. Well, JFK, the friggin' idiot. Dude, he's the, he he's the even photo get, guy. He couldn't even get the he's shot. He's every event taking photos. Get the if shot, he couldn't dude. get that photo, then I don't even know if it happened. It's um, like Bigfoot. Go to the phones quick. I, Sean, I apologize. It was you who said go pound sand and inspired me to start having that in my uh, vocabulary. That's, that's definitely okay. you got a lot of time to go. I understand. I, hey. I just love the saying, go pound sand. Yeah, exactly. It's Race right up there with fill your pockets with rocks and jump in a lake. That was one of our favorite ones. <laughs> I've never heard that one. That's a good one, too. Yeah. Yeah. That's, uh, I actually got on the Colin Cowherd show once and told him that. Got oh, really? Off. Yeah, because that guy I hate with an all-consuming passion. Cowherd. But, uh, but anyway, yeah, there's no way Green Bay is going to have any fans and fans because uh, the cowards we have in our state governments are completely against exactly what Nelson was saying. They have no belief in personal responsibility and everything. And Jerry Jones and the teams that are having fans in the stands, they might want to get used to it because if there is a change in our nationwide government, the new guy coming in has already said that he plans on shutting down any large gatherings. Well, you know, large gatherings that aren't protesting. Well, I think it said it was like... If the scientist told her and a doctor said shut down the entire country for like three months, what what would be yeah. left? What would be left after that? Well, whatever China leaves us, because that's <laughs> the whole goal for your. Uh, I got to get in early. I conspiracy theory. That's what's going on. They're just weakening us so China can come in and take over, so they can bow to their new master. Hey, keep in mind that same guy said that once, if he was to take office, that he will have no foreign business. Right now, one of his sons still has ten percent in a Chinese business. No, no, I, I completely understand, you know, and like I saw. But here's the thing: it's just days. not him. It's all politicians will fail you. It's not a right or a left. Politicians, oh. if you are setting yourself, if you put all your eggs in a, the basket of a politician, you will be disappointed year in and year out. They don't no, care. Exactly. You know, they don't care I, about you. I, I consider myself a conservative, but I'm getting pretty pissed with them too. So, no, but, yeah, we're just I mean, as Pink Floyd like said. Stuff. As Pink Floyd said, we're just another brick in the wall, dude. Exactly, and I mean, what are we going to trust, Dr. Fauci? I'd rather trust Dr. Pepper than Dr. Fauci. <laughs> that guy's a clown anyway, so. All, all right, right, guys. Sean. He's, he's gone. Oh, I was going to say. We're not going down this I was going to say Dr. Pepper has 23 flavors of originality. The only flavor I saw from Dr. Fauci what happened was him, macaroni and noodles because that arm was awful. Where did he, where, where did he go? Is he gone? Like I haven't heard about him in a while now. I guess I don't. I have no idea. All right, <laughs> we're not going down that road. We're not going down that road. Maybe we can do a podcast or something later. But we're not going down this. God, road. that would be fun. All right, six zero eight three two one sixteen seventy. Twitter is at Zone Madison. I, my moral to my story is: I'm not a Democrat. I'm not a Republican. At the end of the day, politicians will 
fail you, and they do not care about you. As you can see, everything unfolding. <laughs>